Welcome to the Intentional Family Podcast. I am your host, Rachel Schmitz. Today, I am talking about curating your yeses and your noes. And I've titled it, Wanna Say Yes? And the reason I titled it that is because my four-year-old daughter, well, she's done this for a while now, probably a year and a half or two, she'll ask for something or ask to do something. And then right after, she'll follow up with, want to say yes? And it's just really cute. And sometimes it's a no, but she's pretty convincing with that cute little want to say yes. So the topic today, the title is cute, has a cute story, right? With my little daughter, Adelaide. But it is also very, very powerful because it is very important that we learn to curate what we say yes to and what we say no to. And when I say curate, I really think of a curator of a museum. And what their job is, is to carefully select the pieces of artwork that should be included in various displays and what should be excluded. So they have an important job of making judgment calls of what the yes is and what the no is for the artwork. And that kind of alludes to the fact that this is a process and it takes time and it's constant adjustments. Maybe it, there's times we've said yes to something when we should have said no. And it's pretty clear because it didn't work right. It caused extra stress and it just uh, roped us into something. But a scripture for me that came to mind is found in Matthew 5.37. And it simply says, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Or another version says, simply say yes, I will or no, I won't. And interestingly enough, I had this very conversation with my son on the way home today because what happened was he was, he, uh, a friend of his came up to me and said, so your son asked me if I could come over today. I was like, oh, okay, well, I'll talk to him because that same son of mine had told me earlier saying, can we not have anyone over today or do anything? Because I feel like I just really need to relax this afternoon because we've been gone every day, all day for days now. And I said, oh, well, that's fine. We can do that. Just that, that's totally fine with me. So when his friend came up and said, uh, your son invited me over, I was like, oh, maybe he did. But based on what he told me earlier, I'm thinking maybe he didn't come to find out. No, he didn't. But when this was brought up, my son didn't know how to say, no, I don't want to do that today. They felt bad. They're trying to please their friend. And I can totally understand and relate because I am a recovering people pleaser. I still have to carefully select my yeses and nos. And I have learned to step back and take time before I reply sometimes because responding emotionally, I want to please a person. I want to help people. <laughs> I see a need and I want to just jump right in. But just because I see something, that doesn't mean that's my job to jump in. I need, I need to be careful. I need to do what's right. So we had a very good conversation and he's like, well, what, what, when it ended up happening is the friend did not come over and on the way home, I 
we talked about it. He's like, well, what should I do next time if like someone asked me something and I feel bad saying no? And I said, well, you actually do more damage if you're not up front and say no right away. Because when you when you leave a little wiggle room and say maybe or I'm not sure, that leaves a glimmer of hope in that person, hoping that what they want will happen. But if you know it's not going to happen and you say no right away, there's no room left for them to hope for that thing to happen. But when there is a little hope left with a maybe response, then people can get offended and it can cause problems. But a simple yes or no is much easier and it is worth practicing. So I actually pretended to be his friend and said, hey, like, can I come over today? And I said, okay, respond. And I made him practice it a few times because it's important I didn't want him to go as long as I did learning this lesson. I wanted him to be able to learn that and know that you're not, you know, you do it in a really nice way, a respectful way, a loving way, but it's okay to say no. And it was, it was a good, it was a good lesson for him to learn. And we actually role played in practice, which I highly recommend. It's very, very helpful in training our children it's helpful for myself. I have to practice it myself as well. Because, man, opportunities are endless. We all know, right? Oh, soccer club. Oh, basketball. Ooh, let's do this class. Ooh, let's do this play group. Hey, do you want to do this? Martial arts, gymnastics, piano lessons, choir. Oh my goodness, the list is endless. So how do we decide what we say yes or no to? And I have three steps, three simple steps I'm going to outline for you. And then I'm going to go into plenty of examples. So hopefully in those examples, what you can hear is something that will resonate with you and will help you problem solve and curate your yeses and nos. So here we go. These are the steps to knowing what is right for you, your child, and your family. Number one. What's your why? What's your vision? What's your family core values? Maybe you're saying, I don't know. Well, start at the very beginning. Start at the building the foundation. If you build the house, you can't just start building the roof. <laughs> you got to lay the foundation. And you need the weight bearing walls. You need to layer, layer at a time from the bottom up. So the foundation would be, you need to know your why. You need to know the vision for your life. You need to have core values. And early on in this podcast, we have covered all these and we'll link to these in the show notes, the specific episodes. But this very thing has transformed our family life dramatically in the last several years. We created family core values and we even specified like, our desired outcomes. We specified habits and routines that would align themselves with those values and the vision and the why for our life individually and as a family. And what that has done is it gives us a platform by which we can build our life. We can curate what is a yes and what is a no. If it aligns with, with our values, if it aligns with our vision, if it aligns with our why, it's an easy yes. We don't have to overcomplicate. We don't have to labor over our decision. 
it becomes clear what is a yes. It also becomes clear what is a no. Now it's all, not always super clear. Like if it's something that seems very just like fun, it's not like a serious decision, whether they should do this thing or not, that can be a little tricky. But this at the very least gives us a base foundation for curating what we decide to do. And secondly, once we know our why, the clarity comes because we can readily identify what is right. And I kind of touched on this already, but when an opportunity comes, because we have that foundation, it's much clearer to see, does this align with the vision for my life or my family's life? Does this satisfy my why, my purpose? Does this go along with my vision? If it doesn't, then it's an easy no. Thirdly, we constantly are curating. We're reflecting, we're adjusting, we're recommitting to the right things. What should be cut? What should be added? And my husband actually has a personal retreat course that he has developed and it's fantastic. And one of the parts of this process that he's developed is what should I start doing? What should I stop doing? What should I keep doing? And then also he always tries to identify things that he should stop doing, things he should cut because what that does is it creates margin for the right things because maybe there's something that should be added or maybe not, but there could be something that you devote more time to you invest more of yourself into as you create margin and cut off things that shouldn't be there. And that curating, that is like a constant progress. That's constantly in progress because there's constantly new opportunities. And it's not the end of the world if you say yes to something that you should have said no to. Learn the lesson because we really need to fulfill our commitments. It's very important that we be men and women of our word and that we just, we do what we said we do and that we're not liars, that we are truth tellers. So if we're careful about what we commit to, then it's much easier to fulfill that commitment. It's really hard when we say yes to something we should have said no to and then have to follow through on it because we still need to follow through on it. If we agreed to do it, we need to be people of integrity. So with that being said, let me recap those three things. First of all, know your why, which is like your core values, your vision. Second, once we know our why, there's clarity that when opportunities come, we can know what the yes and no is. Does it align? Okay. And then thirdly, constantly curating what we're committed to. Now I have more examples. I know I shared the one about my son with the, the conversation we had today about how to say no to someone respectfully and with love. And another example is um, my oldest son was asked to be in choir. There's a really amazing group in our area and they have choir, they have band, they put on these really amazing performances and he was asked by his friend, like, hey, do you want to be in the choir with me? It'd be cool to have a buddy. And he's like, yeah, no, I really don't want to do that. 
And so he, we decided, well, he decided that he really wasn't interested. And it wasn't something that I saw or my husband saw that was like, yeah, he should really do this because this will really help him or be, or hit the mark for his life. So that was a pretty easy no for him. Is there value? Could he have value in joining the choir? Sure, he could develop his voice. He's a piano player and he's learning his teacher is actually a worship leader. And she's a missionary in Costa Rica and she's amazing. And he, so to, the way she teaches him is she does the basics. She does all the theory. She does all the scales and all the things. But then also she, he's like transposing music now. And she's training him that like, if you're playing with the worship team, you need to pick up a sheet of music and, oh, we're changing it to the key of D. And you need to be able to work with that on the fly. So that's very valuable. So yeah, choir could be really good. Maybe he could play the keyboard and sing on a worship team someday. I don't know. But for right now, it's okay. He didn't need to do that. And piano for our family has been an easy yes. Uh, our four boys, they all began at the age of five. And this has been cool because it's always been a yes, but how we've done it has changed. And we've talked about this a few times, but I'll just share it briefly again here that we used to be at our local music store three to four hours every Monday night with all the boys' lessons. And when all the shutdown stuff happened in 2020, it was like an opportunity to redo that. And we have, there's a couple that we're connected with that are missionaries in Costa Rica, and they're both amazing musicians. They, between the two of them, I believe they teach five instruments and voice lessons as well. And so what we did is that we transitioned to FaceTime lessons with them. And my husband does guitar lessons with them and my four boys do piano with them and it's gone really well. They have thrived and it's been awesome. And so that was always a yes, but how we did it was still curated. So it might not be like this whole earth shattering like, I need to say no to all these things. It could be like, could this look different? There's always another way. And that was a huge help to us because instead of a fr um, excuse me, a, a Monday evening being gone for four up to four hours, we could now actually have our lessons on a weekday, which is great because I homeschool them. So being able to FaceTime from home during the day in the middle of doing other lessons for other subjects is it works so well for our family. So that's been awesome. When another example recently was, okay, three of our boys enjoy basketball and they were both all on basketball teams this last winter. Well, we have one son that doesn't really enjoy basketball, doesn't enjoy playing it, doesn't enjoy watching it. And that's okay. But he loves soccer and he played on our middle school soccer team last year. And when the the town we live in, we usually do the fall recreational soccer league. But now that he's in middle school, he doesn't do that. But when I saw that they had the spring option and it goes all the way through high school, I asked him, I said, would you be interested in being on the spring soccer league? And he's like, absolutely. Like, just so you know, though, like when this season ends, your middle school soccer team will start up a week after. And he's like, yeah, sounds great. So he gets six months of soccer. So he's he's happy. Now, keep in mind, I did not offer it to my other three boys 
because they all just played basketball. They had their turn. And now it's Joshua's turn. And that's just okay. If we look at things, if we have multiple children, that everything needs to be perfectly even and fair, that's going to get us committing to stuff we shouldn't be committing to because each child is so different. Each season of our of our life and our year is different. And we have to get past thinking that everything needs to be even and fair because this is what was appropriate for right now. And again, I'll say that it will change and that's okay and that's good. Normally, the last, what, four years, I believe, or more, we haven't signed them up for uh, for summer sports. There was a year or two where some of the boys did baseball. And since I homeschool them year-round, while well, we take the summer off, I need a break too. They need a break just to have some free time, have a lot of free time, do a lot of family stuff, do some family trips in the summer. And so we decided that let's not sign them up for sports and stuff in the summer and take a break from running all over the place. Now, so this was an exception to that. And it's appropriate for right now for Joshua. I don't know if we'll do it next year, but for this year, it was the right thing. Another area that we have developed and that's been a yes for us, but it's looked different, is the same son Joshua was interested in martial arts. And so he took jujitsu for eight months. Well, again, this another lockdown 2020 story. It all stopped. It all came to a screeching halt. And not only that, the, the instructor, he wasn't even going to offer lessons anymore. There's a lot of things that happen with him specifically. So well, yeah, long story short, that was to a screeching halt. But Joshua was really interested in martial arts still. Well, after what, six months or so, we realized, my husband and I, that there's a lady at our church that we absolutely love. And she's a, she just completed her second degree in, um, for karate, her second degree black belt. And she's amazing with children. So we asked her, is there any chance that you would be able and willing to come to our house and do karate lessons. Joshua misses it, and the instructor is not even um, offering it. And I think that two of the other boys are kind of interested anyway. And she was like, yeah, I'd be happy to try it. Well, that has been, I don't, I'm trying to think how long we've been doing it now. We've been doing it quite a while. And that's been really fun, and they have absolutely loved it. And she's been really good with them. And it's been a very good learning experience. And that has been a pretty easy yes to keep doing. But within that, we have had to change our strategy too. Because the three boys were going through a, a section of time where they were super focused for their lessons. And then slowly one of them would just get super goofy and distract the others and they would get frustrated because they were trying to take it very seriously. And then it got to the point where we had to, our friend, their teacher had, and I had to have a conversation and say, okay, what should we do different? Because it's not fair to the ones that are taking seriously to have the other one in the room that's just goofing off and distracting them. 
So I said, well, if they're goofing off, just send them up to me. So that that was a good plan. Even just the threat of it, they straightened up and flew right <laughs> for a while. And then she realized, I think I need to just spend individual time with them. So they'll each get 15 minutes one-on-one with me. And that was really good because she was able to test them and see how much they actually remembered and how their form looked and all the different things that she was assessing. So within those things that are yeses, there's opportunities to curate. There's opportunities to step back and look at it and reflect and say, how could this be done differently? How could this go better? And that's what we're talking about is you want to say yes? Well, if you want to say yes, let's determine exactly what it should look like. And when it stops working, let's adjust it. Maybe it's something we need to cut out after a while. Maybe it's something we're supposed to do for a short time and then stop. So going back with the importance of your why, it's going to be really hard to know what's appropriate for our life. What's a yes and what's a no when we don't know our why. And I cannot stress enough the importance of family core values. It, and I, if you hear family core values and maybe you're a listener that is a single or maybe a single parent and you feel a little like, well, I don't know how to do this by myself. It's just values. Like what is important to you? What gets you going? What gets you excited? What are some principles that you live by? What do you believe? Start writing those things down. Start taking time to think about those things and articulate them. Because I can guarantee you when you start to identify those very things, it will give you such clarity. It will make it so much easier. Maybe you're a people pleaser and it's really, really hard for you to say no. Maybe with everything people ask you, maybe it's family members asking you to help watch their kids all the time or, oh, I need to move or I have this problem. Now, I'm not saying not to help people, but not you don't have to say yes to everything. It's just okay. One of the foundational layers for us is building our spiritual life as a family. This takes precedent and it's based on our family core values. (laughs) Our first one is love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. That is our first core value out of several. And being that is so foundational for us, there are different things that we have had to do and communicate with different communities that we are a part of so that they know what to expect from our family when we join a community. For example, we join Classical Conversations. It's a homeschool community that we meet in person once a week. It's really awesome and it's worth every penny. A little shameless plug for it. And right from the get-go, I communicated to the director and I said, just so you know, our family, we are committed to our church services and our youth group and all that Wednesday nights and Sundays. We're not, so those days we're not available for functions. So if you really need our family for something, just know if it's a Wednesday night or it's a Sunday, we will not be able to participate. 
and we did it in a way, well, I did it in a way (laughs) because I was the one communicating with them. That was respectful. That was truthful. That was upfront. I wasn't trying to put our conviction or our values on anyone else, but just communicating, just so you know, we are the Schmitz family and this is what is foundational for us and this is what to expect. And I said, don't plan around us, but if it's something where you absolutely need us, just know for us, it can't be a Wednesday night or a Sunday, not trying to make things hard, but just communicating. And that was very well received. We've had very few hiccups with that. Aside from year one, so jumping into classical conversations, this was uh, coming off of my husband unexpectedly losing his job. And so we were ready to sell our house and everything. It was not, we were just trying to really dig in and see what was the right thing to do, what was the next step. He tried building a business and it's just, you know, it was, wasn't the right thing at the right time. And he was ended up offering a job that he worked at for over three years and it was great. But in that time, I'm committing to this new homeschool group, this community, and there's parent leaders in each classroom. We're called tutors because we're not licensed teachers. And so the director offered me a tutor position for the elementary age which isn't typical for your first year in the program because you're learning all this material. But knowing that it would be really, really hard for us to make all the tuition payments if I wasn't a tutor and knowing that I had always homeschooled my children and so I have a lot of experience and I was willing to try it, she let me do it. And so that first year, the school picnic was on a Sunday evening because she kind of had it set up already. And so I made the exception that one time to miss our Sunday night service so we could go to the school picnic, being that we're a new family, I'm a new tutor, and these kids need to meet me and I need to meet them. And knowing that, okay, can you not plan a picnic on a Sunday again if you really need us? If you don't really need us, plan it whenever you want. And that was honored. And the next times we had the picnics and things, they were never on a Sunday or a Wednesday night, which has been really great. But sometimes, like even if you have everything set in place, you know your why, you've you've set boundaries for things, there are those occasions where it's not normally a yes, it's usually a no, but sometimes there's an exception to that. And that's an example of that. So I hope that clarifies that. Another example from school specifically recently was my son, he just completed eighth grade and for classical conversations, that's called challenge B. And the big second semester project is called mock trial. Now, it's not exclusive to classical conversations. Like there's mock trials in lots of schools, right? And they did the mock trial in an actual courtroom at the courthouse and it was there was an actual judge and it was official and it's a fantastic experience. So this for our class, we actually had the opportunity to do two mock trials for the same trial that they had been practicing and learning. Now the second mock trial was actually scheduled for a Wednesday night. <laughs> and I remember calling my son's tutor and saying, Okay, so I understand that the mock trial is a big deal 
it's the big semester project, but he can't make it. And I'm, I'm, I apologize for any inconvenience, but for his role, he had an understudy that was, they were working together and could step in for his role anyway. So it all worked out. And I, let me just say this, because we've built this foundation and we've had these core values in our family for years now, when I told my son, just so you know, they scheduled the second mock trial for a Wednesday night, his response was, well, I can't do that. We, I have youth group. I, I don't want to miss youth group in church. Honestly, that is how he responded. He wasn't angry or anything. And that is because that has been a priority for us. That has been a layer of our foundation is building our family spiritually. And a big part of that for us is connected to our church. I hope that example and the other examples help resonate with you, how you may better curate what you're committed to. Now, if you have to, if you're committed to something right now and you need to say no to it and phase out, please do so gracefully. And it makes me think of when you have to quit a job, what you do is you put in a two weeks notice. And why do we do that? Because we want to be people of our word. We want to be honorable. And the honorable thing to do is to communicate clearly, is to give those people that you're working with a heads up so that they may come up with an alternate plan that doesn't involve you and you can phase yourself out. So if you are committed to something and it's time to say no, think of it like a two weeks notice. Communicate clearly, set a new boundary, and do the honorable thing and pass that baton on of that responsibility to the next person. Now, if it's something that is totally illegal or compromises your morals, then just get out of it and say no, like peer pressure stuff. <laughs> I think that's common sense, but just to clarify, I really, really hope that this will help you curate what you should be doing and what you should not be doing. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. Maybe you need to go back to step one and develop your core values, develop your why, articulate it, because then you have a standard by which to stand by. You can set boundaries and you can gain clarity, which is step two. You will gain clarity as you figure out your why and your values. And again, lastly, what do you need to curate? What is something you should be saying yes to? Are there things you need to say no to and you need to put in your two weeks notice for? And you need to pass that baton on and you need to just get out of it <laughs> and stop doing it because I, this will create margin in your life. This will bring life to you as, as you do this. Because why do I say that? because it has brought life to me to take time to identify what I should be doing and what I shouldn't be doing. And again, this is a constant process. Thank you for listening to Y'all Wanna Say Yes. We can be found at intentionalfamily.fm. Until next time, join us in living life intentionally. Intentionally.